here's an investment vehicle, pun intended, with some high horsepower returns. Is it for you? Stick around to find out. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because business opportunities are like buses. There's always another one coming. Hat tip to Sir Richard Branson for that one. Today, I want to introduce a side hustle opportunity I discovered only recently, and that's trucking. Yes, as in those giant 18-wheelers semi-trucks. Today's guest owns and operates 12 of these things and argues that this is something that should be on your radar. These assets can generate thousands of dollars a month each, but like anything, there's some strategy and some nuance to it. I'm excited to introduce Erica Williams from Erica's Classy Climb on YouTube and ClassySCL.com. She's gone from delivering pizzas as a side hustle to owning a painting company to now managing an investment portfolio that includes both real estate and semi-trucks. And that's the parallel to consider here. Like real estate, here's an asset that you can acquire with leverage, meaning other people's money, and essentially rent it out for weekly or monthly cash flow. Stay tuned as we get into some of the math and marketing and mistakes to avoid in this venture. Notes and links for this one, along with the full text summary with all of Erica's top tips from the call are at sidehustlenation.com slash Erica, Erica with a K-E-R-I-C-K-A. This edition of the Side Hustle Show is brought to you by Skillshare.com. With any new side hustle, there's always lots to learn, and you'll definitely hear my novice level questions in this one. But thankfully, Skillshare offers thousands of inspiring classes for lifelong learners and creative and curious people like us. You'll find those classes on topics like design, productivity, social media, freelancing, and tons more. As a Side Hustle Show listener, I want to invite you to explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash Side Hustle and get a free trial of Skillshare Premium Membership. That's Skillshare.com slash Side Hustle to get started today. We kick this one off with what attracted Erica to trucking in the first place. Ready? Let's do it. I would meet people who own trucks. I would meet, you know, it just random situations where I'd meet people who, oh yeah, I have a couple of trucks or I have a truck, a couple of trucks in the oil fields or I have a couple of trucks over here or over there. And it just kept pulling me in the intrigue of it. What was your first step after seeing, okay, there apparently is money in this industry. I wouldn't even know the next first step. What did you end up doing to do some diligence or research here? Well, first things first, I was hanging out with a group of people called Hood Estates as their Instagram. And they had like two trucks and passively, I've never heard them talk to the truck drivers or deal with the truck drivers. So I was like, man, how do they own these trucks? And so they kind of walked me through some of the steps. Now I'm over here on Hood Estates Instagram, almost half a million followers over here for Hood Estates. I got to check out what they're working on. Yeah, for sure. And so I just started meeting people. And one thing that kind of blew my mind is I had did an interview of Hood Estates and talked with them and they came on my show. And three weeks later, I was at a a pop-up event in Houston, Texas. And a guy comes over, he's a, like a chemical engineer. And he's like, oh my God. And he was from Nigeria, if I'm not mistaken. He's like, I heard your interview. I literally went to my bank at Navy Federal, got $40,000 unsecured line of credit, found a truck, found a 3PL and found a driver and the truck is on the road. And that was a week and a half. Wow. So what it made me think is like, when you really want to take action, you'll take action. You'll hear something and you'll be ready to do it. And I hope this economy this year has encouraged people to like, hey, best time is now. Yes, diversify your income streams. There's never going to be a better moment to do that. 
Well, walk me through that. So say I am in that guy's shoes and say, I want to get involved with this. Is it a matter of going to the bank first to try and find some investment capital? For this kind of method to be a cash flow positive thing for people, we'd be focusing on used trucks from like 2014. I'd even go 2013 because I have some of mine are 2013, but 2014 to 2016, right? Because when you get past 2016, they're like the Tesla of trucks. They have a lot of computer parts. They're not as cheap to fix anymore, right? So you're talking about a used truck. You try to keep it under 400,000 miles or under half a million miles. Now, to give you the equivalent for that to make sense is, you know, if you get your car at 100,000 miles, it start having some problems, unless it's a Honda, right? So <laughs> same thing with trucks. Trucks are great for that first 1.2 million miles. Really? Okay, wow. Yeah, they're driving all the time. Yeah, just equivalent it to a car, right? 50,000 on a car is half a million on a semi-truck, right? You're halfway there. You're debating on, okay, I think it's still good. And so that's your mileage range, right? Another great tip is to bring a mechanic, always is what I tell people, but if you can hire one for the day. But also, you know, you're just looking at the, what we would call the car facts. They have a semi-truck facts where you can kind of get a whole printout of like, every major code or any major repairs is had. And you can request that. They can't tell you no if you're at a dealership. So trying to find a heavy truck dealer or a semi-truck dealer nearby and saying like, this is kind of my criteria that I'm looking for 2013, 2014 to 2016 before the robots take over, they become too computer technical to repair. And in this mileage range, what kind of price point are you looking at for something in that criteria? Man, you know, because of this year, used truck sales went through the roof. So it used to be you could go find a, a used truck for 32000 Now some are pushing closer to the $40,000. So my golden spot is 32000 to 35000 Now you're going to see a ton for forty and a ton for 50000 But I tell people, you know, just keep looking, right? There's also times you can look on Craigslist carefully, <laughs> Facebook Marketplace carefully. Now what do I mean carefully? I mean with a mechanic, you know, <laughs> with a mechanic that you can pay, that doesn't know them, <laughs> and a semi-truck mechanic, not just a, a car mechanic. And he'll probably charge about 250 bucks or 150 bucks. To me, it's worth it. If you're going to be paying somebody 30 grand, 40 grand, uh, 150 bucks is worth it. So you roll up, say Nick Loper, who doesn't even like buying cars. So I roll up to this semi-truck dealer and say, hey, here's what I want. Or I can probably do most of the shopping online. Like, do you have any inventory that is a match? And if you do, then I'll come bring a mechanic, hire him for the day to come by and check this out. Yes. Yes. Okay. Any brands that you like? So here's the thing. Your best, best trucks are Peterbilt's and Kenworth's, depending on who you're talking to. You know, it's an older school argument that I'm not, you know, I'm too young to argue about. But then you have Volvos, which are sweet, smooth, nice ride. But here's the thing. Volvos are like the BMWs of the industry. Only Volvo dealerships can work on them. So God bless you if your truck breaks down in the middle where there's no Volvo dealership, okay? So then you have the Honda Civics of all semi-trucks, which are freight liners. As the truck drivers laugh and call them freight shakers. They only call them freight shakers when they've either been in a bad accident or haven't been well taken care of. And that's also why when you bring a mechanic, he can test drive the truck and let you know if he feels like it's in the category of freight shaker. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> the Honda Civics of the industry. I like it. Because they pretty much can be worked on at any dealership. Almost any guy that has skills working on semi trucks can work on a Freightliner. So what happens next? So you can either finance the thing or write a $32,000 check 
But then, you know, in my case, I don't have a special license required to drive this thing off the lot. I don't have a place to park it. What's the next step after getting under contract? So um, usually the dealership's cool with you leaving it there and they usually have a backup parking lot for maybe a week or two. But definitely look around your city and state for truck parking, which every city and state has one. Look near your highways, look near just about anywhere. And the issue that you have currently is a lot of truck parking places are absolutely full. Or they're going to charge you anywhere from 150 a month for monthly parking to 200 right? And just hiring somebody who's certified to move it there? For sure. And that mechanic that you talked with, if he has CDLAs, he could move it. Okay. Or they can drop it off. You preferably don't want it towed. Imagine towing a car. It's a thousand times more expensive to tow a truck. You could go 20 minutes down the road and they'd charge you 500 to a thousand bucks. Maybe that's a good business to go into. Right, right. And so the biggest thing I tell people is sometimes you got to do it all at the same time, which sounds stressful. But with any passive income, it's active work than passive, right? There's a little bit of active in the beginning. So I tell people before you go buy the truck, like right before you go buy the truck, reach out to all the three PLs you can find. And a great way to do that is you'd be going on Indeed.com, Craigslist, and it would. Uh, a lot of the apps are going to say hiring owner operators. Now, this isn't foreign to the industry. Over 15% of the industry right now are owner operators who do not drive. That means we own the trucks, we hire drivers, and we are 15% of the industry. We don't drive. That's just is what it is. Is that what you'd call yourself? Owner operator? Yeah. If someone asks, if someone asks you, you owner operator, um, what's funny is all the time people are like, where's your CDL? I'm like, I don't have one. I'm not a driver. I'm just an owner. Okay. So 3PL is third-party logistics. Mm-hmm. And so there's a couple sites where they tend to post where they're seeking out owner operators. Yes. They'll post on Craigslist because drivers still really love Craigslist for whatever reason all over the nation. They'll post on Indeed.com. There's several trucker websites you can find from truck stop to fleet seat to you name it. They're on there. So you see one of those ads. What next? You call and say, hey, I'm an owner of a 2014 Freightliner. Be very vague on the truck. You know, hey, I'm an owner of a 2014 Freightliner. I just purchased it over here at this dealership, yada, yada, yada. And I don't have a driver, but I'm looking to put my truck on with you guys. Do you guys have any drivers available? Are you seeking any owner operators? So first things first, they're going to either tell you, hey, we'd love to have you, but you got to bring your own driver. Or two, they say, yeah, if we have to provide a driver, it's going to be you know less revenues for you. In an ideal, wonderful world, them having the extra driver is what you want. Okay. Is that common? At ports and contract job areas, yes. Now, why? Because ports are very coveted jobs. People who have government contracts at ports. They always hire for people because they want to have extra because they don't want to lose their government contract. Okay. So they kind of have a bullpen of drivers on the bench, ready and waiting, should another truck uh, present itself. Yes. Because in good times, adding more trucks to your company without you having to pay cash money for the truck is a win-win for them, right? <laughs> more money comes in their bottom line. And so- a thing you want to look for is, let's say you're in, you know, you're in Austin, Texas, you're driving, you always see this same company all over the place, Dart, Maverick, whoever. You keep seeing the same company over and over. That's probably going to be your best bet because guys are familiar with that company and probably always apply to that company. So seeking out these third-party logistics sites or, or companies and trying to figure out how to work your newly purchased asset into their existing uh, workflows. Yeah. And I'd say call call a bunch of them. Call about 10, 20 of them and see how they talk to you on the phone, see how they respond to you, see how they call you back. 
because this is their first impression and how they act on the first impression is how this is their best behavior. <laughs> right. Right. So it's just like a date or anything else. Like the first time I talk to you is going to be my best impression. And if you don't like the impression, run. Now, here's the difference. The bigger the company, the more likely they'll have drivers. The smaller the company, they're less likely to have drivers, but they're more likely to give you interactive conversation, be more receptive to you. Because a company that has maybe 10 to 20 trucks, in order for them to get more contracts, bigger contracts, bigger deals, they need more trucks. So a guy who's got 10 and you know he sees this contract that will require him to have 12 or 15 trucks, he's going to be nicer to you, more responsive and He's going to try to go find drivers to get more money, right? Okay. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is a typical payment look like if there is such a thing. So you call them up. Do you have any drivers available? They say yes. You say, okay, I'll get the truck to you by next Monday. Then what? The typical pay is going to be anywhere from $750 to $1,500, right? Could be more. Here's why. So just a simple breakdown of a week in a truck, right? So the truck may make $6,000 to $7,000 for the week. Out of that six dollars to $7,000 per week, 1,200 of that will go to the driver as his pay on average, right? We're just doing averages. And then they're going to spend about 1,300 on fuel, right? Then there's trailer rental, which is sometimes they charge about 200 bucks. Then there's a little bit of insurance fees they charge you because you're going to have bobtail insurance. And bobtail insurance is only 300 bucks for you for the year, for most people. They're going to have the big boy million dollar insurance coverage on the truck. 
So in order to cover those costs, they're going to charge it to you, <laughs> right? So usually it'll be about a thousand a month. And so they'll split it across four weeks. So by the time you take off fees for toll roads, insurance, the driver pay, you know, the fuel, you get down to somewhere closer to like a solid thousand dollars a week. Right. And that's just averaging because, you know, your driver may have had a bad day. He may have a flat tire. He may be going slower. He may be a slow driver. So they may have only made five grand a week off him. Okay. And so is that thousand dollars average, maybe decent case scenario profit? Is that split between you and the 3PL at that point? No, that thousands was left over. So some 3PLs will go ahead and take it off the top and pay the driver, which is what you would love to do. That's the best case scenario is they go ahead and direct deposit him his money on Friday morning. Because if not, if they send you this lump sum check of $3,000, $4,000, or usually $3,500, well, now you've got to make sure you direct deposit him his $1,300. Okay, so here's where the math gets interesting. So if I am an average truck investor, owner, operator, and making this $1,000 a week in profit, extrapolate out times four weeks a month, times 12 months a year, like 45, 50 grand a year for what cost me $35,000 up front, all of a sudden, this is like an amazing cash on cash return. Right. But with anything, <laughs> yeah, here comes the but. <laughs> <laughs> with anything, a semi truck is a tool, right? It's a tool. And sometimes tools need work. They need batteries. They need, you know, they need stuff. They need repairs. So, and also in the industry, the number one thing that is the most fickle is the driver. On national average, drivers switch jobs every 90 days. Wow. That's like crazy high turnover. Crazy. Why is that? Is, like, is the grass always greener with a different company? Yes. Yes. Bonuses. Bonuses. So companies sign on bonuses. So I'm a big believer in giving drivers safety bonuses. As long as they're driving for us, they're doing well. We just give them $1,000 safety bonus every 9,000 miles or 12,000 miles. And people go, oh, Erica, that's crazy. And I go, no, hiring drivers every 90 days is crazy. I much rather bonus him every couple of months, you know, or every other month. So he has an incentive to stay. Because if you're driving and you're, let's say you're mad with your company that day, for whatever reason, you're mad or they didn't send you home enough. And all of a sudden you see an article, you see an ad on Indeed, hey, $3,000 sign on bonus. $4,000 sign-on bonus. Well, you're already mad. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to go apply. You know, <laughs> And yeah. so now, if let's say this guy, which is, is terrible, but let's say this guy switches jobs three times this year, he's going to get $12,000 in sign-on bonuses, right? If you think about it. So he just added twelve grand to his bottom line. Yeah, doing the same work. Doing the same work. And it's such an in-demand skill because I think we're short 350,000 truck drivers at this point. In America. And like the schools, which they have truck driver schools that turn around people in like four weeks. Yeah, you can get those drivers, but your insurance company is going to make you pay for them because <laughs> they're like, you're getting a, a very new person out of these very fast schools. Right. And prime example, there's an actual school down the street from our office in Pflugerville. And, you know, at first, I'm, I'm going to be honest, January, eh, it was a few people at the school. It's like a three acre parking lot where they show them how to back up and get in tight spaces and turn and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, March, April, May, June, they were flooded with people. I mean, they were busting at the seams with 20, 30 guys every time I looked over there and I'm going, oh my gosh. So this happens with any uh, recession, depression. People go to what jobs they can get in, right? 
And driving is one of those. That's interesting. I apologize if these questions are like super basic because like this is all new to me. This is fascinating. It was new to me about two years ago as well. But that's the thing. And so for me, at the beginning of all this, I was like, oh man, you know, these big old companies sending these guys to schools and only paying them 40 cents a mile. And now that I'm in it, I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> like, just go find you 10 guys who really are, really need to go to work. Some of these companies send them to the middle of like Wisconsin. And I go, that's crazy. But then I think about it. Well, the guy's already flew all the way there. He's in housing. He's going to finish the school because he's already like left his house, you know, left his family. So he's going to finish school more likely than a guy who's down the street, who's driving back and forth to class every day for four weeks and might get disinterested by three, week three. So it sounds like that is another option, aside from doing kind of this lease agreement with the three PLs, is to go and source your own drivers, which is a challenge, it sounds like, in itself. But then the next challenge, I imagine, is, okay, now I got to find freight gigs for this guy to go drive. I got to find stuff for him to move. Right, which that part's the easy part. So let's say you you get your own authority. Let's say you don't do it passive. Let's say you go to the next level up, which is because other than that, once you get the driver, they book them for all the loads. You don't have anything to do with that. That's all them. Their company just runs and cuts you a check, really. That's the 3PL option. Uh-huh, that's the 3PL option. Let's say you're a husband and wife and your wife's got some time home and, you know, she she can do it. She can dispatch, right? What you would do is you get your authority for about 300. You get your insurance. You get a fuel card that you pay on that you don't have to worry about. Driver has the fuel card with them. You can fill the truck anytime. And let's say you you sign up with Uber Freight and Convoy. Very popular apps in the state of Texas. Uber Freight is popular all over right now. And Uber Freight, not only can you go on the phone, click the button, book them. Literally, it'll give you reload options. Now, what is a reload? Telling you, hey, here's some options after you finish this delivery where he could go left, right, or wherever. I'm meeting drivers who know how to dispatch themselves via this app. Like literally go dispatch themselves to the next location. Now, you as a small business person, you'd want to keep control of that because drivers tend to dispatch themselves to where they want to go have fun, right? You'll look up every week and your driver's in Miami or Atlanta and you're like, what are you doing over there? Oh, yeah, I saw this load. No, dude, that doesn't make a lot of money. Quit it. So you want to do that yourself. Vegas again. Okay. Yeah, Vegas again. (laughs) And so what happens is there's this way that you can do it. Like I have a friend who essentially he is a mechanical engineer and he literally books his drivers up on Sunday night for the whole week, and they know where they got to go, right? They can see it on their phone. The Uber app notifies them of their routes. And, you know, the driver that you have booked up for the whole week, he knows how much time he has between his routes, and he can't slack off. The guy that you book, here's two or three loads, and then you come back and book some more, it messes up the flow. And so that's kind of where people start kind of, well, I'll be my own authority, kind of takes over. Is it one where you need to be operating at, 80, 90% occupancy, you know, so to speak, to bring it back to like a real estate comparison to be profitable? Or is it like, could I only be moving stuff half the time and still break even on this? Like curious what that part looks like. So I always mimic it to a big giant paperweight. If it's not moving, it's a giant paperweight, right? But to be profitable, if you really think about it, you have something making you six grand a week times, you know, just 50 weeks a year, right? The math on that's close to what, 300000 So that's giving the guy off two weeks a year. Let's say you end up giving your guy a whole month off, right? Because repairs, different things, oil changes. So what is it? So 48 weeks times, you know, six grand a week is what I was saying, I think. So that's $288,000 for the year that truck would have made you. 
And that's gross, of course, not net. When you are the owner operator that dispatches your own, you have your own authority. You're talking about anywhere from 2000 to 3500 a week net after everything else. So let's say 2500 times 48 weeks is that truck made 120 grand for you and was just only down for one month. And it cost you 40 grand or less. That's insane. Yeah. So really the thing of it is, is drivers themselves know that you're making a killing, right? Like, and so they have that resistance of like, you'll always hear the same story. Well, I'm saving up money to get my own truck. Everyone tells you that story. Everyone tells you that story. Out of 3.5 million drivers, 380,000 guys own their own truck. Okay. Closer to 10%, huh? Mm-hmm. Because paperwork, keeping track of things, it's like blue collar industry. If you meet a lot of guys who have a painting company, a construction company, they always have some lady at the office that keeps up all the admin work, you know, uh, or their wife keeps up the admin work. Like most of the guys I know that have long 20 year construction companies, their wife was helping them for a bulk of it before they got staffed. It's the same thing with truckers, right? A lot of guys that do really well have a wife who's kind of helping them. You got to think about it. If you're driving all day and then you got to dispatch yourself to new places, you may not be as focused. And again, back to that factor, I'm going to dispatch myself back to Atlanta or Miami or Las Vegas and you're not going to be as focused, right? So it's just one of those things. Paperwork, credit, cash. So that's where you can come in with cash, with credit and be the owner. Anything else you've seen work for folks, either yourself or others in this space in getting that asset to where it's cash flowing for you? Stay on top of the tires and stay on top of the repairs. You almost have to be marketing all the time for a driver. Either you're going to be giving some good bonuses and good downtime <laughs> or you're marketing for a driver. Uh, and there's some people I've heard, you know, they'll have their driver with them for four or five years. And then there's some people it's like every time you turn around, they're going through drivers. Okay. So this is more, it's like a, a hybrid. I'm again, trying to compare it to real estate. So it's closer to the short-term rental, the Airbnb model than it is to, you know, finding a long-term tenant and just, you know, living that passive income dream. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like back when the oil fields were kicking crazy in Texas and you could just sign up with the company and send your truck out there and they just send you a check every week. That's the ideal world, right? Even now, if you can find a 3PL that has drivers and they just send you their check every week, that's great less headache for you. But a hybrid, a lot of people who, you know, let's just be honest. Let's say if you're a person, you really want to own your own business and you want to be out there just enough, owning one or two trucks and you have a full-time job can bring you a lot of profit. It can give your wife part-time work or it could, you could segue out of your nine to five to just managing your two trucks. If you can get two of your trucks to make 75,000, right? Now you, you have a company that made you 150. Yeah, it's pretty serious. So just to give good numbers here, 90% of all authorities have six trucks or less in America. Yes. The wordy is kind of what you're running as saying, like, I'm the person booking the freight jobs. I own the truck and I'm bringing it. Yeah, and I'm booking it. And then on top of that number, 97% of all authorities have 20 trucks or less. So the bulk of people you meet will have five trucks. And let's just do simple math, right? If I've got five trucks, let's get it all the way to the, the lowest numbers, right? Let's say each truck is making them two grand a week, right? After everything's said and done, bills are paid and they've got five trucks. That's 10K a week times four, that's 40K a month times 12, that's $480,000. That company owner with just five is making almost half a million dollars. So what's the incentive to get more trucks? There isn't one. It really isn't like every, if you know, especially here in Texas, like there's a reason Texas has so many trucking companies. 
I meet, you know, good old boys here and there who have, oh yeah, honey, I got three trucks. My son dispatches them. Yeah. You know, because it's good money and it's a good small business to have. You just got to be dealing with people though. <laughs> this is through the the Uber Freight, the Convoy apps to see, okay, what needs to go where? Is it a bidding system? Like I'm going to bid on this job or is it kind of fixed price? A lot of it is fixed price. 90% of it's fixed priced. You can bid and you can always ask for more, but a lot of this is fixed price. And so I can go on my phone and the beautiful thing about Texas, and this is why I said this earlier about the authorities here, I could book some guy from Austin to Oklahoma, Oklahoma back to Louisiana, Louisiana back into Houston, Houston back to Dallas. And he just went, what? He just went three states, right? Really? And we'd probably make five grand in the week. Does the location matter? Like, can I do this remotely or does it, or are there certain hotspots? You can do this remotely. You know, we call them the triangle sometimes where anything going from Dallas to Ohio is a hot lane because so many things come out of Canada, construction wise and manufacturing wise. Ohio is a big vein. Detroit's a big vein. Going from Ohio to PA is a really hot lane. Going from Houston, which is a port, to Atlanta is a very hot lane. Weirdly enough, going down into Florida is lucrative. Coming out of Florida is not lucrative. Lots of things get dropped off in Florida. and Not many things are picked up and taken out of Florida. Okay. It's a mobile asset, right? Like even if you're living in one area, your, your truck could be far, far away from you. And it sounds like since you don't drive it, you don't necessarily need to have hands-on time with it. Nope. I just tell people, keep good reserves, right? Because earlier this year, I had to replace four engines. And that just was because of the combination of the age. I had older trucks. So I tell people stay in that window of younger truck. That cost me 20K each time I replaced the engine. So five trucks sucked up, you know, a hundred grand, right? That's why it's really important to take a mechanic with you when you go. Get it in that good mid-range where it's not too many miles and let them test drive it. Let them tell you what they're hearing. And you can actually request a road test. A road test is where you can drive a hundred miles. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're, you can get your mechanic and he can drive- 100 mile test drive. Right, isn't that crazy? He can drive 50 miles out and come back. Well, 50 miles is basically an hour and he'd come right back an hour. Okay, 20 grand to replace an engine. Was that around that million mile mark? They were around 800,000. Okay. It happened a little early. So that's the thing about used trucks, right? It's like buying a used car. You don't know if the person before you was driving it rough, was learning, was you know running over every pothole and ditch in America. You just don't know, right? Yeah. And that's the thing with used vehicles. On the flip side, new is extremely expensive. Not a chance to get a new. Why? Because FedEx, Uber, Amazon all buy all the trucks. So you get like, there's a small selection of trucks that are left over to buy that are new. Now, what about the inevitable rise of driverless technology? I get Erica's take on that in just a minute, but I want to pause here to thank our sponsor, Skillshare.com. This trucking business, like any number of other skills, is something I'm confident you could learn. I mean, Erica wasn't born knowing how to do it either, so your skills aren't set in stone, and thankfully that's where Skillshare.com comes in, because everything is learnable. Skillshare is a really cool, affordable online learning community for side hustlers and professionals looking to explore new paths and level up their skills. How it works is members get unlimited access to over 30,000 inspiring classes with hands-on projects and feedback from a community that's now millions of members strong. For example, you can learn how to make creativity your career with Andy J. Pizza, learn the fundamentals of SEO with Rand Fishkin, or create a productivity system that works for you with Thomas Frank. 
Most Skillshare classes are under 60 minutes with short lessons designed to fit any schedule. But I encourage you to check out the extensive catalog for yourself at Skillshare.com slash side hustle. As a Side Hustle Show listener, you can use that link, Skillshare.com slash side hustle, to get a free trial of Skillshare Premium Membership. That's Skillshare.com slash side hustle to get started today. Any fears coming down the road of the driverless trucking revolution is going to make all these assets giant paperweights, like you said? No. You know, here's why. America was so short that for two years in a row in 2017 and 2018, we gave out 15,000 driver visas, and that still wasn't enough to cure our driver shortage. We've just made our country so integral that like our software and our warehouses are so dependent on trucks. This is the thing I tell people. Think about Boston. Think about uh, Virginia and Washington, D.C. You ever been on those roads? I remember driving the Beltway. Yeah, and right? So if you go inside some of those cities, you're talking about 100-year-old roads. You're talking about 70-year-old roads. You're talking about narrow streets, narrow corners. You're talking about something a computer truck could not do. It would still need a person to physically do that because the way our country's built, there's huge patches of land in Texas could be automatic, but trust me, we won't do it. <laughs> we won't do it. And I tell people it's an insurance thing, right? It will literally take us a good 10 years. And why I say good 10 to 15 years is your average driver's 45. So in about 15 years, he'll be 60, right? You'll need an influx of newer, younger drivers, or you'll have to switch over to robotic. Interesting. I'm glad you brought up the thing about the repairs, because with any tool, with any asset, even if it's a house, it's going to need a new roof. The car or the truck is going to need a new engine at some point. I was going to ask if there was any other disasters or unexplained downtimes or other times where you're just like, what's going on here? I I bought this thing. I was expecting this return. What is happening? Tire blowouts are terrible. There's a grade of tires. You have American tires, Japanese tires, Chinese tires. And let's say your tire blows and you're in a location and you request a particular type of tire, but they don't have it. So now you have a lower grade tire you're putting back on a truck and sending out on the road. So at some point you have to replace that one too. So I've had bills where, hey, ma'am, we're so sorry. We got to charge you a thousand bucks. We had to go and go find this tire in the back. Versus if you have a tire mount on the back of the truck and it holds an extra one or two tires just in case a tire blows. That's a really big unexpected is the tire blowing. Like one time I had a truck blow like three tires on a trailer on like three different days. And I was like, what is happening? And lucky for me, because it was a trailer tire, it was only like 200 bucks. Steer tires, which is the two front tires, are like a thousand anyways. Back tires are usually like 300, 400, you know, depending on the quality, the brand. Okay. Yeah. Big machine, big expenses. One of the toughest parts about starting and growing your business is figuring out how to build relationships. As you know, people are more likely to buy from and do business with people they know, like, and trust. But when it comes to networking, where do you start? And what if you're more introverted like me? What if you're more wallflower than social butterfly? Well, there's a recent episode of a great podcast called This is Small Business that walks you through how to figure this stuff out. The episode is called How Networking Can Help You Build and Grow Your Business and Inside 
You'll learn practical tips on how to build business relationships that don't feel so transactional. A couple parts I liked in particular were how to break into those uh, tight little circles at networking events where you're kind of standing around awkwardly on the outside, and then what you should say in a follow-up email to somebody that you meet there. This is Small Business answers a ton of these questions that all entrepreneurs have, like how to use social media to grow your business, how to find your ideal price point, how to know when you're ready to launch your product, and tons more. So give it a follow. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, wherever you listen to podcasts. This edition of the Side Hustle Show is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. That means whether you're just starting out or your side hustle is already growing like crazy, Squarespace takes all things website-related and makes them easy. I want to highlight a few Squarespace features for you. One I knew about and a couple I didn't. First off, where Squarespace really shines is this huge library of professional website templates. That means you're not starting from scratch because they've got designs for every category and use case that you can customize to fit your unique needs so your business stands out online. That was the thing I knew about. Second one was new to me, and that's their online store functionality. Whether you're selling physical or digital products or a service, Squarespace has got the tools you need to start selling online. And third is their email campaigns. They make it easy to collect email subscribers from your site and drive engagement and sales through Squarespace email campaigns, and you can track the results of every send with built-in analytics. So head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash side hustle to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash side hustle. Are you buying your own insurance or is it handled through the 3PL or the driver? So whenever you put your truck on with a 3PL, you will have a thing called bobtail insurance. Very important. Bobtail insurance is like 300, 500 bucks a year, depending on the company. And what it is, is anytime that driver is not delivering a load with it loaded in the back, driving somewhere to drop something off, that falls back on the bobtail insurance. So he could be going to the gas station. He could be going to the ATM. He could be going somewhere and he gets in a car accident. Well, the company's going to go, well, honey, he wasn't loaded. That's on your insurance. So that's why bobtail insurance is important and they won't let you go under their 3PO without it. Okay, gotcha. And when there is idle time in between jobs, it's the driver who's just finding a truck parking lot to hang out at? Yep. Truck parking lot. Usually what happens is they have their places they love to go, Loves and Flying J and Pilot, but they have an automatic reset time of 34 hours. So all the trucks have started getting online is what we call it. I have keep trucking on my, on my trucks. It's an electronic log system. So it makes sure your driver isn't driving, you know, all night long, all day long, crazy hours and not taking a rest. So technically they drive about 10 to 12 hours, and then they have to take an eight hour rest. And if not, your online system will tell you that they're messing up their hours of service. This is like a safety regulation, like don't drive tired. Yeah, guys could drive all day and all night long when you couldn't tell them when to stop, right? <laughs> I would be awful at this job. Like I fall asleep like 15 minutes down the road. Right. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a skill, right? So this is important that they don't mess up their hours of service because you can get citations for it. So Prime example, I had a driver, he messed up on the app. He forgot to turn himself off. And so he just kept driving, you know, the next day. And so it looked like he drove for 24 hours. Of course he didn't drive for 24 hours, but the app, because he didn't turn himself off, 
it looked like he had been on service for 24 hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so they have this thing that automatically, um, let's say, you know, you got pulled over by DOT. It'll be like, hey, we got to take your eight hour rest right here. Park it. Or on the weekends, they have to take a 34 hour rest. And this is where truck stops make their money. The guy's stuck there for 34 hours. He's going to wash his clothes. He's going to take a shower. He's going to go eat food. He's going to go see stuff around the town. You know, all that good stuff. Anything else that aspiring truck investors ought to know? If you want to be really passive, like just straight up, I'm giving this away. This is a big industry thing. People know about it is trailer rentals. So you see what's on the back of the truck, the trailer, the detachable trailer. That's the big box part. Yeah, that's a big box. So nine times out of 10, if a driver has just enough money scraped up to buy the tractor, he doesn't have enough left over to buy the trailer. So you'll go on websites like rentalyard.com or Facebook Marketplace, and you'll see people who've bought a $15,000 trailer rent it out for like 800 bucks every month. And, and literally they'll have to put insurance on it before they can get it from you, a COI, certificate of insurance of like, usually most people request 30 grand, but anywhere from 10 to 30 grand request a certificate of insurance. Any accidents, any repairs needed, the person who's renting that trailer from you has to repair it before they return it to you. It basically, it's just like, imagine buying something that you really aren't going to use and getting 800 bucks for a month. It's super passive. And then you just put your asset tracker on it, which Keep Tracker has some of those asset trackers. Screw it into the back of the trailer so you know where it is at all times if you have to look it up. And you just get paid. Okay. And then so that would be a matter of finding now people who own the engine part, the tractor, and saying, here, you can pull this thing around, fill it up as you need to. Here's the rental price. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can go on rentalyard.com and post your tractor. I mean, your trailer, and it would probably be gone in the next day. You can go on Facebook Marketplace and do the same thing. 99% of people cannot afford to buy both at the same time, unless they're a bigger company. Or even with government contracts, right? I was trying to get government contracts this year. One contract was like, you need 15 trailers and two trucks. So, of course, I had the two trucks, but where was I going to find 15 trailers? I was going to have to run around and go find 15 trailers to get this contract. That was crazy. When you're rolling up to the Freightliner dealership, is it common that the trailer is not coming with it? This is like all parts sold separately kind of deal? Yeah, you're only buying a truck. When you go to the dealership, you're only getting a truck. Oh, okay, okay. And so if you are finding these 3PL contracts, they're providing that trailer or you got to go get one separately? They are, and they're charging you $200 every week to rent it from them. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. There's another angle. All of these kinds of, call them unconventional rentals, are just fascinating guys, you know, have been trained to think, well, you know, buy a rental house and, and rent it out. And that's what renting is. But it's like, oh, there's a million different ways to get it done. And, and I appreciate you kind of schooling me on how the, the truck business <laughs> works. And I know there's truckers who listen to the show who they're going to be interested in this as well. Erica, what's next for you? What's got you excited this year? Uh, what has me excited this year is Texas Ground Zero. It's a project I'm doing in north of Austin, about 30 miles north of Austin. It's 18 acres. It has a truck repair shop in the front. It has 15 acres in the back of 344 truck parking spaces. We'll have three or four food trucks, kind of in the Austin theme of things. And we'll also have a small hotel, uh, laundry services. It'll basically be a truck center. I get sad when I see so many trucks parked along the side of the road of I-35 here in Austin, Texas. And I want them to have a safe place to park. So I invest it. There you go. If it doesn't exist, you can build it. Texas Ground Zero. Erica, thanks again for joining me. ClassySCL.com. Follow along with Erica's Classy Climb on YouTube. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. 
look around. Everything that works to service people, there's an opportunity for you to get in there and help or get in there and make a profit. It's so true, Erica. Thanks so much. And we'll catch up with you soon. All right. Thanks. Once again, notes and links for this episode, along with the full text summary with all of Erica's top tips from the call are at sidehustlenation.com slash Erica, E-R-I-C-K-A. Hey, one last thing. Can I send you some free stuff? If you head on over to sidehustlenation.com slash join, I'll send you my free report, the five fastest ways to make more money, plus my weekly newsletter packed with money-making ideas. On top of that, you'll also get access to hundreds of members-only goodies and bonus files, including tons of tactical tips from top podcast guests, plus an invite to the world's largest, most active, and most supportive side hustle community. That's all free for you at SideHustleNation.com slash join or text the code HUSTLE ON to 33444. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show, where you'll meet the guy who started his Etsy shop six months ago as part of a two-week challenge and is now handling thousands of dollars in orders every day. I'll see you then. Hustle on. Is there a more dreaded question than what's for dinner? Meal planning and eating well to hit your nutrition goals doesn't have to be complicated. Our sponsor, Factor, makes it easy by sending delicious, ready-to-eat, chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals right to your door. Every week, you've got over 35 different menu options to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie options, and more. Some personal favorites of ours so far have been the garlic mushroom chicken thighs and the Indian butter tofu. These are restaurant-quality meals ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. It's the perfect easy button solution for busy side hustlers and couples. And it's not just dinner either. Factor has nutrient-packed snacks, smoothies, breakfasts, and more. And hey, plans change, which is why you can scale up or down your meals or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Head to factormeals.com slash sidehustle50 and use code sidehustle50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while your subscription is active. That's code sidehustle50 at factormeals.com slash sidehustle50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. Big thanks to Factor for sponsoring the show.